So Hi Felicia is a podcast that I started with the idea of having conversations on a variety of topics, trying to do a deep dive, um, maybe knowing something about the person, maybe not. One of my guilty pleasures is Criminal Minds and the team at the BAU, and they always profile a serial killer or an unsub by the fact that, that they usually start in a geographical location that's comfortable to them. So I, I do do that. So I am using friends and family and friends of friends and Facebook friends for folks who are basically in my sphere at first to interview and have some conversations. Because I've always been curious about um, you know, where people come from, what their interests are, and I get really jazzed about talking to someone who's really enthusiastic about a subject that maybe I know a little bit about, maybe I know nothing about. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with my different guests, and um, please feel free to comment, send questions, or send suggestions for guests that you think might be interested to be on Hi Felicia. So this is Hi Felicia Podcast. I am your host, Felicia Ryan. My guest today is Mary Dialba. Did I say that right? Uh, Dalba, but Dalba. everybody struggles with the apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a psychic medium. I am. And you are a celebrant. I am also. And then what else? Tell me what else you do. So I'm a all-around holistic practitioner. I'm a Reiki master teacher. I'm a hypnotist. I'm an astrologer, in addition to being a psychic medium and a celebrant. And then you have a regular radio spot on Cayman Islands? I do. uh, So how frequently do people hear you on that? The last Friday of every month I'm on. Do you get to actually go down every month to do it? Oh, I wish. I wish. I just recently went down, though, in September. We worked a charity event there, and that was wonderful. We got to meet a lot of my clients, and it was beautiful. But unfortunately, I don't get to go down once a month. That would be amazing. (laughs) And you're a Malden um, native. I am. And someone who has lived here all your life, or did you move away at some point and come back? I left for a little while. Um, I lived a couple other cities, and then I came back to Malden. So Everett and Stoneham, I was there for a hot minute, and now I'm back. (laughs) So how has it been in terms of being uh, a native, moving away and coming back and seeing different changes that that have happened in Malden over the years? It's interesting to see the square changing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the thing I notice the most. You know, I remember back in the days when Jordan Marsh was there, so that that might be dating me. But uh, it's beautiful to see a lot of the restaurants, new restaurants coming in, and the art scene that's coming in here is awesome. Yeah. So Malden's, you know, I always thought Malden was great. I think it's just gotten even better. I think the thing that my um, fiancé, who's native and moved away and came back and our neighbors as well have said is that the diversity is is really interesting now Mm -hmm. like back in the day at least when they grew up here and they remember the Jordan Marsh (laughs) is that it wasn't a ton of diversity so now that it's more diverse there's a lot more culture stuff Mm -hmm. there's more restaurants there's more happenings there's more events and things going on so yeah totally agree it's wonderful. It's such a great change, I think, for the city. And we're excited to see that Pleasant Street is now open and City Hall, hopefully, yeah. is coming. It's fabulous. And um, we may have some interesting news in terms of our 
wedding celebration for the new city hall. So. Yay! That's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, so hasn't nothing's been finalized yet, but mm-hmm. we've approached the mayor about getting married in the new city hall. So. Yeah. I think Gary believes in love. I do. <laughs> Mayor Christensen, I think, is all about that. He's great. Um, yeah. Having just met him at being out and about, and, you know, obviously, this really speaks to me is that his commitment to pick up trash, mm-hmm. like personally pick up trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's a gimmick or a stunt. I think it's something that he really believes in this idea of, like, everybody gets to roll up their sleeves and, like, participate and I think that's inspiring, and it's also leadership through action and mm-hmm. not just words. Yeah, I agree. I Actually, Gary went to Suffolk University. He's an alumni. I went to Suffolk. He was a couple of years ahead of me. But I always remember him being just, let me be involved. He was involved at Suffolk, you know, in the uh, organizations there. And I'm pretty sure he was in student government, if I remember right. So I think this has been a long, you know, a long career for Gary from even back in the college days. He's, he's a great guy. That's awesome. Yeah. I love I love hearing that. So that just kind of confirms for me my impression of him as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I asked you on today not because I'm trying to interview every psychic that lives in Malden, <laughs> but because you and I had a lovely conversation about potentially um, being a celebrant for our, for our wedding, um, but also just very interested because you're connected through two different people that I know who you actually married. So <laughs> yeah. how did you how did you start? You know where where did you how and where did you know that you you had a gift and sort of how have you cobbled together this different variety of things that you do? Yeah, so I I love to tell this story because it always makes my mother um, cringe uh, and not not in a bad way of um, but this was kind of my start when we when I was fifteen she took me to Salem and my mother's very psychic and intuitive and she's also very. Um, religious she's catholic and but you know psychic ability and that kind of stuff she's always been interested in and so we went to salem and she said i'll buy you a deck of tarot cards and just for fun and uh it became more than just fun for me and so i have to laugh sometimes because she's like i started all of this but it really i felt connected to the cards and i felt connected to that ability to be able to intuitively know about people and things. I mean, it's not a perfect science, but it is definitely something that's uh, helped me and helped me with people. And I've been able to help people with that. And so I went off to college and got a degree and then went into the corporate world for a long time. And I was manager and uh, director and a bunch of different uh, customer service jobs. And but it always kind of came with me you know, people would come over and look for my advice and people would look for, you know, some guidance. And, um, you know, there was a time that I was uh, throwing tarot cards on the table, um, you know, at my desk, trying to see what was going on. So it's always been something that I did on the side. And then I started to study different modalities. And again, just in my corporate environment, I take classes on Reiki and different things on the weekends and at night and, and see clients. And finally, in 2012, I made the jump out of the corporate world into doing all spiritual work. So I've been really lucky because I have amazing clients and have met wonderful people and been part of some really big events like people's weddings. Mm. And that's just uh, so like such an honor and so amazing to me to be a part of them. So um, so how do you um, explain your gift? Like um, I know some people say like it's an intuitive sense mm-hmm. or they have clear sentience, clear audience, clear voyance and clear 
cognizance. Cognizance. Yes. Like, do you have one that's stronger in one area? How do you differentiate between intuitive sense or like a really um, a keen, interactive, interpersonal sense and what you have? So for me, because every psychic medium you talk to is going to be different. Right. So for me, I'm clairaudient, so I can hear the spirits, and I'm clairvoyant, and I can see things. I, I do have the other, the feelings and the knowings, but those were my kind of my big thing. And when I started out, that was what I noticed the most is that, um, you know, I would see like a movie clip, and I would say, gee, what's that kind of vision that I'm getting? And then I'd find out later what that was. Um, or I'd hear something that felt like it was on the outside of me. Someone was talking to me, but there was no one there, which uh, – you know, can make it kind of interesting when people are like, so you hear voices? I'm like, well, not exactly, but but yeah. Um, so for me, I think the intuitive piece is just something in your gut that you know about you. The psychic and um, clairaudient and clairvoyant side, I think, is coming outside of you and kind of being shown to you. And I believe everybody has it. I believe everybody has gut feelings, and I believe everybody has the ability to connect to the other side. I think it's just I use it more because I use it every day. So mine, it's like a bodybuilder. You know, if someone's lifting every day, they're stronger than someone that's just started. So, But I think everybody has it, and I think everybody should use it because you trust yourself. How can you go wrong? Right, right. But we doubt ourselves. We do. We're human. Yeah, absolutely. So at some point, we will do a reading of me. Mm -hmm. So just let me know if there is a way that you need to prepare for that Mm -hmm. or is there something that you need from me or, you know, I don't know if you'll do it with or without cards. It's totally... Do you travel with cards? I do. I do. So, of course. <laughs> I have cards and then the dead come with me. It's a whole It's a whole thing. I have a whole posse that comes with me that nobody can see. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I have studied with an intuitive teacher, which I found really interesting because I have uh, claircognizance mm. or I have had that. Mm-hmm. And um, when it first would show up, I never knew what it was and I would just dismiss it mm-hmm. and think, well, pfft. Everybody has that. But then when I started studying with a teacher, one of the things I recognized was, oh, that's what that thing is. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have the ability to control it. Mm-hmm. And when it shows up, I'm not always sure what it is. But through the work that I did with the teacher, I did recognize um, like how to ground myself, how to know the difference between when it shows up or when it's um, – it's a fear or a perseveration mm-hmm. or something. And um, at least with this teacher that I studied, she said that, you know, stuff like this comes in as a neutral thing mm-hmm. rather than a charge. So it's not a positive or a negative. It's a neutral. And um, it, it comes in in an allowing way rather than a searching way, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. Yeah. So It's a great way to describe that. Honestly, it's a great way to differentiate when you get that thought of something that's really judgmental. You know that's coming from you because we can beat ourselves up all the time, whereas you just get a fact. And then you're like, oh, that's something that I have to pay attention to. The biggest one was – and I don't know that she's a listener and I think this is vague enough that um, 
this person may or may not know who I'm speaking about, but I had a person I worked with at the time who was pregnant, and we were talking about her pregnancy and how she was feeling, and I just all of a sudden heard and knew she's not coming home in the hospital with a baby. But I didn't know what that meant, and there would have been no way that I would have shared that information with Mm -hmm. that person because it would have been scary to them, Mm -hmm. especially me not knowing what that meant. And what ended up happening was she had uh, a complication in her pregnancy, and her daughter was born prematurely, and she ended up having to have a heart transplant as a baby. Wow. So she didn't come home with a hospital with a baby, but it was a successful operation, Mm -hmm. and her daughter is now like eight years old. So the message was true, Mm -hmm. but the information, I would have had no way to interpret or know what that meant. Right. And I think sometimes we fill in the blanks. So, you know, she might have jumped to, maybe if you had said that, she might have jumped to, oh my God, I'm not coming home with a baby. Oh my, you know, and it was something different. And that's the great thing about the spirit world is they'll show us something. And, you know, we give the information. That's one thing I really try to do as a psychic is just say this piece is what I'm seeing. I try not to bring myself into it too much because my filter may be different than what's going to happen or my assumption may be different than what's really going to happen. And so I learned that over the years that that's something like I just had a client today who she said to me, um, she's one of my regulars. And a couple of years ago, I said to her, um, you're going to move. I see a property, you know, and I'm kind of giving her this explanation. And she said, I didn't say it to you at the time, but I was like, there's no way I'm moving. Like where I am is where I am. And that's it. I don't have the money to move. And it turns out her ex-husband um, came to her and said, you know, I'm, I'm investing in a new property. Um, I'm going to keep my house, but I'd like it if you and the kids moved into this property. I'm going to pay the, you know, I'm going to pay for it. That's going to be part of our settlement. Um, and you can live there and, and you'll have a, you know, you'll have a roof and you can keep your house and collect rent. And she said, I would have never like imagine yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah. then here it was. So it's kind of nice to just, I just say, here's the information, you know, let's see what happens. And then a lot of time the gaps get filled in. So yeah. I always love to see that. How do you think that your, um, the spiritual practice that you grew up with or tradition informs the way that you view what you do now and then how have you sort of developed yeah so we'll Mm -hmm. we'll start with that part okay well I grew up Catholic as I mentioned and um, very devout and I personally still love the saints and I love um, you know prayer there's different the, the philosophies that I are the spiritual practices that I do now are very similar you know I think that anything you do to send a message to the spirit world to ask for help or blessings is is a type of prayer but we call it different things so I have a great foundation for the things that I study now and I see a lot of similarities in them um, the Catholic faith for me gave me a lot of structure um, but I just felt like if I wasn't going to be practicing and honoring that faith um, 100%, then I was, it wasn't right for me to kind of stay in that faith. Um, so I respect it so much because I, you know, I, my first marriage, I got married from a mass. I mean, definitely something that I felt like was a huge part of my life. But I also want to honor it for all of the practices that it involves. So, but in my other studies now... Um, I just find that all of it has given me a nice structure to kind of work with. And also, it helps me speak people's language. You know, people who are Catholic or Christian, I can speak to that because that's how I grew up. Um, And I definitely honor it. I honor everybody's faith. I mean, I think it's very personal. Um, What we have as a faith, I think, is between us and whatever spirits we 
mm-hmm. connect with. So I, I honor that because um, it's what gives you your, your peace and your comfort. So who am I to say that there's one true way to go? Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it to be very, the foundation, I mean, 12 years of Catholic school, <laughs> you know, it was, it was definitely um, an education and, um, you know, a uniform for a long time. But, and I actually went to Chevres. I was a Chevres girl. So um, it's, it's really given me a lot of foundation that's been wonderful. So I grew up Catholic as well, mm-hmm. um, and that was one of the reasons that I chose to also leave was because I didn't feel like there were parts of it that were really speaking to me or calling mm-hmm. to me. I also went to Catholic college. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if that doesn't um, drive the Catholicism out of you, I don't know what would, um, <laughs> because you just start to read and study. Right. It was mandatory that I took theology and philosophy, so... Great education, Jesuits. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of respect for faith in action kind of stuff. But the other thing that I grew up with Catholicism was this very strong sense of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And um, even though the Bible doesn't necessarily teach us or talk about the devil or demons or what have you, it's a very kind of, because Catholicism is very ritualistic, there is always this sense of this thing of foreboding, mm-hmm. this this bad the big bad. Do you, um, does that figure it all into your philosophy or your belief system now? It, it does to a certain degree. I don't live my life as if I do a action, I'm going to burn. I just, I don't look at it like that. I think, you know, the spirits, whoever you, again, whoever you all believe in, but, you know, they're judging us by our overall. And I don't even really feel like they're judging us. I feel like they're just, um, helping us live our lives. And if we have the intention to do good by ourselves and others, I think that's all they're really asking us to do. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that there's evil out there in the world, but I don't know if it's necessarily someone's inherently evil. I don't know if someone's conditioned that way. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I still kind of struggle with that a bit. But it's interesting, this question, because a friend of mine is in Mississippi, and he is a Christian. And he sent me, we, we text back and forth, and he said to me, hey, can I ask you something? And I said, sure. He said, you know, I don't understand what you study, what your faith is, but, you know, what are you going to do about, like, redemption? Like, what are you doing to make sure that you don't burn? And I said, well, funny, I don't believe that we are split when we pass, you know, that there's a heaven and a hell. I believe we all go to the same place, and we get looked at by our actions. I don't think because I didn't, I miss church on Sunday, I'm going to burn. That's not my belief system. And it kind of blew his mind because that's how he's conditioned. Mm. Like we have to be redeemed and we have to keep looking for redemption. And I think it's funny. I read a book way back in my spiritual practice called Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. I'm not sure if you're familiar Mm. with it, but that was one of the things that kind of blew my mind open about religion and spirituality. It said, God loves everybody. So if God loves everybody, how can we burn? It just doesn't make sense. And I kind of embrace that, but I really look at it as, you know, if we're if we're out there just trying to do good and take care of each other and mm-hmm. be kind, you know, when when it comes to our end days, how do how is it that God's going to go? Well, you missed church forty five times, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's it. There's the door for the for the you know inferno. I just I don't look at it like that. I think we should live good lives because we want to, not because what's going to happen to us at the end of our lives. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We all have theory, but we don't know. So if I'm wrong and I'm like sitting you know, sitting in the inferno at the end of this, I'll say, okay. But I, I think it's more of what are we doing now? 
Like, what are we doing to take care of each other now mm-hmm. um, and ourselves? We neglect that a lot of times, too. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so that's how I look at good and evil. Do you ever get um, a sense or a hit from someone that you've met or you've been around that is something, uh, I don't know what to say, how to call it, but mm-hmm. bad or evil or dark? or? Yeah, I, I have interacted with people. I um, When I was in the corporate environment, it's funny, I, I w- had just gotten this job. Um, and they were introducing me to the other managers and they were taking me around and they brought me into this office and they said, Mary, here's so-and-so. And the second him and I locked eyes, we instantly did not like each other. It was like instant. We had no, we hadn't even said hello to each other. And, um, this person was a little, I found out as we went along a little shady in some of his actions. And I said, okay. So I, I think I was picking up off of him that he was not someone I wanted to interact with mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so I get those feelings, just someone's energy, because you can't hide energy. You know, you can hide physical movements. You can hide how you, you know, you look sometimes on your face, but you can't hide energy. So who you are, if you're intuitive, mm-hmm. like I said, we all are, you'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we explain that away. We're like, oh, we're just, we're having a moment. I don't like what they're wearing. And it's like, no, no, you're picking up something else. I actually have noticed I don't like the way some people smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like yeah. a very – it's a very visceral thing. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, oh, I just don't like their perfume or whatever. No, I don't mm-hmm. like the way they smell and there's something about what their smell sells me that is very like important to – pay attention to absolutely or there would be some people that i like actually really like the way they smell Mm -hmm. like you know you're you're beloved you're familiars whatever Mm -hmm. like you really like the way that they smell because you love them but also maybe there's something about their smell that it like reinforces that for you Mm -hmm. um and um i used to judge myself for judging people very instantaneously Mm -hmm. but like you said there's something Mm -hmm. about more than their look or they're having a bad day or whatever, like, I feel like that's an important thing to pay attention to. doesn't mean you always hold on to it, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's for me, it's been an important lesson because in 99% of the cases, I have not been wrong. Right. And sometimes people, you have to interact with them for a reason and who they are overall outside of that doesn't affect you. You right. know, like I said, this, I worked with this guy. I'd have to chase him down for stuff. But I mean, for the most part, his shadiness didn't affect me at work. So, you know, I could still interact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he did stuff outside of work that wasn't so good. But yeah, that's that's sometimes you can still interact with him, even if you get this feeling of like, all right, I got to keep my eye on you. You know, I got to see what this is all about. So it's still because I always say to people, listen, I, I think people who do nasty things sometimes still love their mama. You know what I mean? They still have people yeah. can be bad, you know, quote bad, but then still do good things. I mean, we all have that in us. I don't care what anybody says. We have, you know, we can lean either way. So mm-hmm. it's what the choices um, that come in front of us that we make is what really makes us who we are. Do you think there is anything such as like pure evil, like people who are not necessarily redeemable in that way? I, I think, you know, that's a tough one. I Because I always, I, and I just might be really optimistic. I always think there's hope for people. But at the end of the day, I think there's some people who just choose not to look outside of what they've experienced, who they are, and they're not going to make any changes. So to me, that's someone who isn't really redeemable. Mm. Um, 
but you know, I, I, which is interesting. I've read a couple of books on serial killers, and you read about their upbringing, and you know, when they're people aren't necessarily can like they come out evil, but their conditioning from a very young age just kind of sends them into that direction, and they yeah. do terrible, horrible things. I'm not excusing them at all, absolutely not. And I think those are people who aren't necessarily redeemable. But what happened that kind of got them there? I can't. I can't. I don't know if I embrace that someone just shows up, you know, not being able to have love, be loved, anything like that. I think things start from a pretty young age. Yeah. But I don't think you can say someone's born, you know, evil. I just, I can't embrace that yet. But, you know, talk to me next year. There could be something different that I say. Uh, do you see that in the spirit world at all? You you can. I've seen people not inherently evil. I've seen people that are very... Um, Struggling with, you know, so say, for example, let me give you an example. We have I had a, a girl who came to me and her father came through and her father was a pretty severe um, addict. And she wanted to talk to him because she wanted to understand things. And, you know, some of the answers he gave her, it was interesting because he didn't, for example, didn't show up at one of her birthday parties. And she said, I wanted to know why. And he said, baby, that's just who I am. Like, I'm just not I wasn't well. And I'm still trying to figure that out in the spirit side. Um, So there's still growth for people after they cross over. Absolutely. Because the theory out there is, you know, we have a soul and that soul travels with our body. So when we pass away, the soul goes back to wherever you believe it goes back to heaven, hell, this other, you know, other world, whatever you want to do, Summerland. Um, And there's still growth there because then you have to reincarnate. So when I talk to people who have passed, I mean, they can have reflections of things of, well, gee, I kind of messed up there. Or I did this or I did that. But um, they're still trying to figure it out. We're still, all try- you know, no one's a perfect soul. That's the reason why we're inhabiting bodies is because we're trying to make it right or do it right or figure ourselves out or elevate the world. Um, and sometimes, you know, the people who come into our lives who are challenging for us, Um, I think are bringing us chances to handle things. Now, that doesn't excuse anybody who's caused trauma to you. Absolutely not. I don't excuse that. Um, But, you know, when you have that challenging coworker, you have, you know, the person that you started a relationship and it didn't last, you know, maybe there's something good that can still come out of that for you. Um, In some cases, it can be if there's a, a trauma, there can be something good that comes out of that. But that never excuses it. I would never say that. And that's absolutely legitimate. No one should be causing trauma to each other. But sometimes if you can look at that as how how can I handle that and grow as a person, mm-hmm. that could be a positive that comes out of it. So I just, you know, I wanted to be clear. I don't excuse anybody who does anything to anybody else. It just, nah, nah. You know, I think we know better. We still may do it, but we, we do know better as humans. We're inflicting pain on someone else. So um, do you have a belief around colors at all? I know you have an affinity for purple, and I know purple has a very <laughs> magical <laughs> significance to it. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, obviously in a color that I love as well. Yeah. Do you have um, sort of belief around that at all? Because I know it's also can be related to chakras, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's part of your yeah. belief at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Sometimes, you know, when I'm reading people, colors will come up Mm. for them, you know, and I'll say, well, I see a lot of orange around you. You know, maybe this is either you have an abundance of it or maybe that's something you need to wear to kind of get that 
orange power back in you, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do relate a lot to the chakras. Yeah, I think colors are wonderful. They make us feel different things. Um, and purple, especially for me, I just love purple. But and it's very spiritual for me. So, but yeah, I think colors are something that we can use as tools for healing and for yeah. you know, like I tell people, if you're going into like power meetings at work or things where you have to feel strong, yep. you know, red's a great color, but if you don't like red, wear whatever your power color is yeah. and, you know, just go in and rock it. So love it. Yeah. Purple is also the color of um, royalty. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> everyone should wear purple. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So should we do a reading? Yeah, that would okay. be fun. Um, well, I wanted to ask you, Miss Felicia, do you want to look at what's coming up for the future? Or do you want to just talk to folks that passed? What would you like? What are you feeling today? Because um, I can do both, but I don't know what you would what you would like. Um, I don't know. I, you know what? I have never talked to folks who have passed, so okay. I don't ever. Ha- I have a sense of people being around me, mm-hmm. and I have definitely. I had a very specific experience where I had a been dealing with a back issue, and I was walking my dog last winter, and I was having a really hard time, really hard day. The leg was really bothering me, and I was really afraid I was going to fall. And I just felt the gentle hand on my back pushing me kind of home, telling me it was going to be okay. But I never have a sense of who that is. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost not, it doesn't matter to me who Mm -hmm. it is. But I know that then I've had people hold my hand and I have had been reassured in that way. So whether they're my spirit guides or my angels or my ancestors, it kind of doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So there's a curiosity, but not like strong there. Okay. Um, But future stuff is always interesting to me. Yeah. All right. So let me take out my cards. While I'm doing that, I'm going to just tell you a quick story about my dad passed away in 2014. And um, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, He was a cat. Anybody who knew Jack, he was an absolute character. And so I'm at the airport right after he passes. And he, you know, he was someone that I thought was always pretty clever. And so I go to the airport and um, I'm flying home. And I'm at the, you know, one of those shops that sells drinks. And at the time, Coca-Cola was doing a have a Coke with. And so I'm facing the the case. And right at my eye level is have a Coke with James. And my father um, was Giacomo when he was born they Americanized it to James and he went by Jack. Okay. So my dad had three names, but so James is in front of me and I'm like, Oh, let me, let me buy this. This has to be my dad. Right. Maybe. So I take a picture of it and I send it to my brother and I say, do you think this is dad like saying hi? And my brother's very much, um, believes black and white. He's a police officer, you know? And so I send that to him and he goes, seriously, you're asking me that question. And I said, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I'm having a moment. He said, of course it's dad. He's telling you to have a safe flight. Well, my father probably didn't like the fact that I doubted who he was, that that was from him. So I get on the flight and the flight attendant comes around and says, what, you know, what do you want? And I said, oh, I'm going to have a Diet Coke. And I'm in about the eighth row and I can see her coming with the can. And I'm looking at her. I'm saying, she's not going to put that in front of me. And she does. And on the can, it says, have a Coke with dad. And I, yeah, so I was like, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I start crying. The guy's next to me is like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I just, oh, my God. So I took a picture and I sent it to my brother and I said, what do you think? And he said, yeah, that's dad. So I think we get signs from them all the time. Yeah. And they're here to help us all the time. Yeah. I think we do a very good job of explaining it away. Um, so don't do that. That's the big thing. If you take anything from this podcast, yes, don't yes. explain those signs away from our loved ones because they do love you and they want to be around you. But, you know, they're not going to interrupt your life. They're just going to they're going to come in subtle ways. And yeah, that was yeah. my father saying, oh, you don't think that's me? Here, let me show you. So, yeah. Um, and I am looking for my cards, which are that's buried okay. at the bottom of my bag. But here that's they are. Okay. 
So, you know, the thing about readings that I like to tell people is um, no matter who you go to, um, nothing's ever written in stone. Mm-hmm. You can always change it. We're the master of our destiny. I don't think anybody has it 100% for you other than you. So if I read something and you're like, meh, I don't, you know, I don't know, I'm going to make a different decision, then you make a different decision, and that's fine. Um, but I, I think it's good information to have. It's good guidance. I always tell people, you know, it's always good to get a deck of cards that you like, too, if you go out and get your own cards mm-hmm. and play with them. Yeah. That's a really great thing to do for yourself. Here, give it a couple of shuffles for me, Felicia. Oh, they're pretty. Thank you. That's the Osha Zen Tarot. Oh, they're very modern, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But that's uh, you don't have to be a professional tarot reader to have a deck of cards. I think it's always important. Uh, these are tools that are u- for our use. But I'll tell you, once you start collecting them, <laughs> they can be a... I have, an- I think, angel cards are oh, my cards. They're those beautiful. Are nice. Yeah. yeah. I-, I love the angels myself. I'm about... I have a- an angel deck, too. I have several angel decks. <laughs> Um, okay. So one of the things that I'm seeing right off the bat is um, you kind of taking some time for self-care this year. And I think that uh, next fall looks like to me, so this is almost like I'm going into the fall of next year. Um, it might behoove you to do some kind of investment in some extra self-care. So whether that's a, a retreat, um, a yoga class, something that, because I, I see next fall being much better for you as far as that. Um and for you saying I can I can take some extra time. Now, I know you're getting married at some point, so that might be why it's pushing off till next fall. I feel like you could do it a little bit earlier, but there's a sense of you becoming pretty um, connected to a certain modality that you want to learn and experience, and um, it becomes very close to your heart. So I think this is already starting to happen. The spirits are telling me this ha- started happening probably around September this year, but next year is when you really can kind of move it forward and work with it. And this actually feels like a retreat. You might be gone for a few days. Um, so the, and I don't feel like you're around here. You're somewhere warm. I love Boston, but um, <laughs> we are, you know, in September we're sort of warm, but not really. Um, but I feel like that that's something that would be really beneficial to you as you continue with your practices and what you do. I think the spirits want you to, um, so they use the words with me, level up. They want you to level up. Um, so, it's it's time and I'm hearing the words it's time it's absolutely time I I think there is going to be someone that's going to come forward for you from the spirit side because um there's a woman that's been sitting behind me um but I'm going to go through this first and then I'll I'll check in with her if you don't mind I know you said you're a little bit more curious about the future Mm -hmm. but when the dead show up I don't like to push them away Mm -hmm. you know um but she'll say she says to me I'll wait I'll wait so The other thing that I'm seeing here is that there's a decision that feels like this is coming up in January. This has to do with money um, in January. And so, you know, I I feel like your work is great, but you're starting to think about other avenues for money and work. Um, And I feel like that this might take a little bit of courage. So to me, this feels like something individual that you're doing to either start your own business, to start something more as far yeah, and I feel like you need to talk to people and promote it. So it may be something like with this podcast, you know, you monetize it, I don't know, but something more where um, you want to make sure that you are asking, the way the spirits say to me is that you're asking for the worth uh, and the money. And it's time to kind of start looking at what that's going to be for you. Um, because I think this could be something that's um, going to be very, you know, over time is going to be very lucrative. I don't say there's a bag of money that's going to fall into your lap. I'd love to say that to everybody. But this to me feels like it is 
something of your own, something of your baby. I feel like there are, but you're going to have to promote the heck out of it so people know it really is something you're building from the ground up. Um, Also, they're telling me, um, because I am not a lawyer, that anything that would need to be done legally, trademarking, um, business, you know, filing, all that kind of stuff, you want to get that started in January. So you may not exactly launch in January, but at least you have the name and the branding and all that. But they're they're very um, clear on it being... Um, because I don't, the biggest thing they're worried about is someone taking the idea or someone kind of messing with the idea. Um, so you want to have that all locked down. I actually feel like there might be a product that goes with this because I heard patent. So I know that takes some time, but I think the bottom line is anything that you need to get in motion needs to start at the beginning of the year. They're going to give you some time off for the holidays, they say. Um, but they want you to start at the beginning of the year. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the other piece that they wanted me to take a look at was um, move moving. Um, so I know you're here in Malden, and I'm not saying you're moving out of Malden. However, there could be another property here um, that I think is going to be uh, in your life. Um, and Hubby, I'm going to call him Hubby. I know he's fiance, but Hubby. Um, I feel like he's looking at that too. You guys really want to create some other kind of roots here in Malden. And um, so I know where you're living now is wonderful and beautiful, but I do see this moving piece or second property here in the city. Now this could be a business property. Um, but I feel like that, that especially after the wedding. So this feels like summertime. This feels like I'm looking at summer, I'm looking at buildings and I'm looking at an area. Yeah. This actually might be, um, like either a storefront or a building or something. It feels more commercial than residential to me. Um, but, I think that is something that you guys are going to start looking at pretty soon. So here's the thing. I think the big overall arching thing the spirits want to talk about. So change in 2020 for you. And I think it's, um, again, we know this because of the fact you're getting married. That's a big change. Um, But there's also other pieces financially um, and then also spiritually that are going to, there's going to be growth. So I don't know how 2019 has been for you with, um, I feel like the spirits say to me, stop, start. It's like you start something and then you feel like you get pushed back. 2020 is just going to be a natural flow of things. So if you felt like you kept getting stopped this year, now 2020 is the flow because things had to be, um, you couldn't go as far as you wanted to go because you would have had a circle back. And the spirits know about you that you don't like to go over old ground. Like you like to just keep moving forward. And so that's why they kept kind of stopping you because there was other things that you needed to see around these situations and fix before you kept moving forward. So I'm a girl that like that ends up going over old ground over the t- all the time. Oh, I got to fix this. I got to fix that. You're a drive me forward type of person. That's why they didn't move you as fast this year. So you wanted a reason to understand why this year was like it was. That's why. Because they want stuff that you have going on to stay behind you. And that's why you moved slow this year. All right. So that's the big things they wanted to say for the future. Um, this woman that's here with me, I feel like that. Um, and I, it's funny cause I feel, I don't know if the room's chilly, but I feel a little chilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so she, when you were talking, she came with me and she said, you know, I love purple too. You have to understand. I love colors too. I'm all about my colors. My colors are very important to me. And I feel like that she, um, she's showing me making meals and I feel like she would make meals maybe for a few days or she would like make something big and then set aside meals in the house. So there was a lot of leftovers, but she always used to kind of put things together before. Um, So like I said, she, I see a pot roast and then she 
have someone slice up the pot roast. And there was things that were put aside. So we ate and then we had everything kind of put aside. She was very neat as far as how she did things. And she was always thinking 10 steps ahead. You two are very similar in that respect. Um, I'm also seeing her. She had um, superstition. So I feel like there's something hanging in the kitchen that feels like to me even almost like an evil eye or garlic or something that feels like I have something hanging in the kitchen, but it has to do a bit with superstition too and to draw money into the house. and to, So she had those little, um, we can call them old wives' tales or, um, yeah, family traditions, if that makes sense. Um, and she also used to keep things in a suitcase under the bed. So she's bringing me to the bedroom and she's showing me she had a box under the bed, a suitcase under the bed, and had a lot of pictures and things that she kept all together. And I feel like after she passed, that was something that the family took a look at together, that this box or the suitcase had all of her kind of mementos that were very important to her. And I think she says to me there was a few surprises in there of like some pictures or some jewelry or some things that were in this this box under the bed. Um so I, I'm a little confused on the relationship because if this is your grandmother, I feel like she had a lot of energy like in helping raise you. So she almost felt motherly to me. Um, or if it's your mom, then I get the sense that I don't want to say she was in and out of your life, but kind of like she was there. And, you know, I, as we get older and we move out and stuff like that, yeah, mom kind of isn't we don't see her as much. But I get a little um confused on what exactly her relationship is to you but I feel like she's a direct lineup and one of the things I think will distinguish her of who she is is um, her color she had to have colors she loved her colors so I don't know if this are you recognizing her no okay no my grandmother would have my father's mother died when I was five and my mother's mother died before I was born my mother's mother died when I, my mother was nine okay um, my mother is still alive but she has dementia oh okay I'm glad she's still here um, would that describe, even though she's not past what I'm describing with her, would that describe her? Because sometimes when folks have dementia, their foot's in one world and they're like this world and that and the other world. Um, uh, the relationship with food, absolutely not. Okay. Um, the superstition, absolutely not. Yeah, no. The color kind of thing, sure. But my mother and I are definitely not alike. Okay. No, then this isn't mom. Um, the food, I feel like she was feeding seven kids. I feel like there was a big family. There was a large family. and that, I f- that could have been my mother, my father's mother, but I don't have a connection in uh, I don't have a memory of her and okay and um I don't she was not maternal. okay, <laughs> so she's not even a, sh- a cook. okay. No, no, no. so this this woman would have so this woman would have, like, like I said, she would have. So this, this might not be direct line. This might be someone else. And let me see if I can get some names and um, some a couple other little pieces. So um, she tells me she had heart issues. I feel like that the heart was something that was the issue with her passing. Um, I don't feel like it was a heart attack, though. So sometimes that gives me the congestive heart failure or the fluid that fills up. Um, and then she also says to me, she is connected to your father's side. Um, and I feel like I'm moving over into, like, the same line as your father. So I feel like I'm talking to an aunt um, because now she's showing me also um, making sure that people in the family had books. So she had a thing about making sure that someone read and someone had books in the family. Is she making any more sense? Mm-mm. Okay. But my dad is a big reader. Okay. Yeah, I feel like my it's... dad was mostly raised by his his grandmother, mm-hmm. who didn't speak any English. But and I know she was a really good cook, 
but I don't know other details beyond about that. About her. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I never met her. She was dead. Yeah. Dead so that's your great grandmother, right? That would have yeah. been. Yeah. Okay. So I would just say, I don't want to give you a message because I don't, if you're not recognized, I don't want to be like, well, here's a message from someone you don't know. That's kind of, but check in with your dad and see yeah. if he's recognizing her because I just feel like this would have been someone that would have helped raise the, this person. Um, you know, the whole thing about food and color, he may be able to verify this. And this is what mm-hmm. happens. Sometimes people want to get a message in and they just, you're, you know, I'm here with you. So now they're like, Oh, all right, she's open. I'm going to get something in. And you're yeah. like, but I can't help you. Um, and this happens sometimes. What was the message though? I'm curious. I think she's just worried about him doing too much. Now, obviously if your mom's got dementia that, you know, so her, his, her whole thing is please take care of yourself. I worry you're not eating. You're not as much. You're not taking care of yourself the way that I would have had my hands in there with you. And to also, because he likes to read, to keep doing the research, because I think he's doing research on things and he keep he needs to keep digging up information. Mm, okay. So that would have been, so check in with him because if it does make sense to him, you know, great. And that happens sometimes actually when I'm doing um, readings for people, like the, I'll have someone else come in for like friends so, like, um, I had this woman yesterday that I read, and I brought through this message, and it was for her brother. She's like, I think that's my brother's friend. Mm. I'm like, Nine, but I can't – I don't know him that, you know, as well. But yeah. she said so, – you know, so she was checking in with him. The so. detail about the pictures under the bed, I'm definitely – betcha anything if I asked my dad about mm-hmm. that, that might be something that triggers Triggers some him. stuff for yeah. him. Yeah. So – um, but I think she wants him to take care of himself. So mm-hmm. feel free to pass that on. But that's, that's – Do you have a name at all? I get I get an something that sounds like an L. So uh, I don't know if she had a nickname with an L. Ask him if she her nickname had an L. That might not have been, been her formal name, but the L might have been her nickname. Okay. All right, and just ask him about that. Mm-hmm. Great. So, but that's what one would if someone came to a medium. That's what they should be doing. We want to bring through evidence because mediumship is the proof of continuality of life, even yeah. though they're a spirit. So I'm trying to create that picture of who that person yeah. is so that you can recognize them and say, oh, that's, you know, that's yeah. my, dad's, my dad's grandmother. So that's the point of doing that. And um, you, should be, you should be getting more than there's a tall man in spirit and he loves you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you should be yeah, getting yeah. more than that. Yeah. So they, wanna, they should be showing you things that um, reflect them, like the pictures under the bed in the suitcase. Yeah, that, that was thing. so vivid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was so definitely very vivid. Yeah. But that's what one's like. So people can see what a what a tarot reading is like, yeah. a future reading, and then some mediumship too. Yeah, it's yeah. so interesting. Everything you said about the tarot was very, um, very specifically on. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. The, other than the, um, other than the looking at commercial property or mm-hmm. new property or whatever, but I'd be curious to see how that actually shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, 2019 was a son of a bitch of a year. Yeah. Son of a bitch of a year. Yeah. I think everybody's feeling that this year. Everybody I've talked to has had just challenge, many, many challenges that have pushed us, you know, to – I always try to look at the positive. So if someone's, like, rolling their eyes at this, sorry. But, you know, it pushed us to our limits, but at least we knew we could handle it. Um, I think it's been – yeah, everybody I've talked to has had a year of, like, holy what? What is happening here? Um, so I don't need any more no. um, proof of my own resilience. Right. I am very <laughs> – yeah, I think I know. I am I know. very confident in my own resilience. I don't need to be tested in that right. way anymore. Yeah. Um, and I do hate the stopping starting thing. Yeah. I, I really hate that. Yeah. 
But I, I, I want to charge forward all the time. All the time. Yeah, all the time. I, I'm with you completely. And I, I hate that when I have to circle back. But sometimes I, 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 I'm I, speaking for me personally, but sometimes I move too fast and then I have to go, oh, wait a minute. Did I lose a piece over there? Let me go back and check that out. I'm a very um, conscious plotter mm-hmm. and path forward navigator. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to do the start and stop stuff. And that that is the thing that drives me crazy. And yeah, this podcast has been my baby for a while. And I know, I know inherently the value of it. I know how good it is. I know that it's singularly what I do that's like really so much in my zone. And even when I've listened to my podcasts after the fact, I think, wow, I said that. And then I, I'm like, Oh, that was good. Or um, so I I know the value of that. It's the promotion of it that's been the challenging part for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're gonna have to just keep talking it up yeah. and get get our listeners out there to to hook in and then yeah. tell their friends and so on. Yeah. So and I've been making some inroads about you know I have a website for it. It doesn't have content on it yet. yet. Um, and I've switched over the podcasts to a new platform that has better capability for hosting. And I have sense of how I would like to monetize it. I just haven't done those things yet. So it's good that the spirits are with me, (laughs) that it doesn't happen until 2020. Mm -hmm. There's works. I think we're works in progress. You know, everybody starts somewhere. And yeah, so here you are, and then you take it further, and then you're on a station, and then you're off you go. You yeah, know, it's even more. So I am on regularly Boston Free Radio, so yeah. I have a slot on Saturdays where the show gets played on Saturdays at six p.m. And um, I know there's the potential to talk to either local or like raise the profile nationally. Mm-hmm. And um, I Felicia is starting to become a catchphrase in the same way that by Felicia is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I need to mm-hmm. trademark trademark the shit out of that mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Because someone, you know, grabs those ideas, you know, and then it's like, uh oh, wait a minute, what happened? But I, I'm a Sagittarius, so I tend to run first and then oh wait, I gotta go back and fix, <laughs> fix I'm that. a Capricorn. Yeah, so very much I thought you were an earth sign. Yeah, I'm a fire sign. So I'm always just running off and doing things. And it can be adventurous sometimes. And then that can be. But each sign has their thing. So that was a lovely reading, though. Thank you. It was um, it was interesting hearing. And it was also interesting watching you do it Mm -hmm. and sort of your connection to the cards while you were doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also watching sort of your comfort level with the information that was coming in. And it's funny because, you, like you said, there would be parts that would be like, mm, I don't know mm-hmm. so much. And like everything was sort of dead on until you started talking about commercial property. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like, that really doesn't fit. And like, it's so funny because it will be really interesting right. to see how that shows up. Yeah. Because my fiance and or hubby and I talk about how much we love our current situation. Mm-hmm. And it like actually fills us with like panic to think about mm-hmm. moving yeah. Other than I'm like, if I was going to move, it would have to be warm. Like, I'm not going to go from cold to cold. Like, yeah, I don't blame you. No. It's got to be, it's got to be like lovely Mexican property or, like, or something, you know, that is vacation oriented. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it'll be 
like I don't doubt that piece of information, but it was more like right now I don't see how it fits, but I'm open mm-hmm. to seeing how it will potentially fit. And what it may be, honestly, uh, not to try to make it fit, but sometimes I see things that are bigger than just like a house. And instead of saying mm. something bigger than a house, I say, well, it could be commercial property or whatever. So it it could manifest in something different. And it's it's funny. So I'll give you just two quick examples of other ways it fits in when I read someone and things fit in. So I read this woman who owns a hair salon. And I said, I see you guys moving. And she's like, no. I'm like, no, I see you guys moving. Um, and you're going to have a business. But there's another business in there. And it's with a man. And she's like, there's no way. And then her landlord came to her and said, I'm going to raise the rent. She said, I'm out. She bought a building with her husband. So she's on the bottom floor and he's on the top floor. Oh, my God. Right. And she's like, that's the man. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't. But the spirits didn't tell me it was him. So I just, you know. And then another one, I read this girl and I said, "Um, two years, you're going to have a house. And she said, "Uh, Mary, my husband and I are cubicle jockeys. There's no way. And I said, no, really? And she said, no. I said, well, I don't know. I'm just going to give you the information. Well, it turns out his two years later, his mother decided she didn't want the upkeep of her house anymore. The house was paid off. All they had to do was move in and take over the month to month finances, the insurance, all that kind of stuff. And the mother went out and bought a condo because she had the money and gave them the house. Oh, that's so funny. So she emailed me and she said, okay, I doubted you and I shouldn't have. So it's kind of, again, it, but I, that's why I just say, here's the information. It's yeah, going to manifest yeah, the way yeah, it does. Yeah. And that's, I think, what people have to do is just trust that what they're getting is the information and then whatever comes from that. Because we have our own filters on how we think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then there's other plans for us sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's that's one of the things I really love about my job is that I can help, not only help people kind of... T- forge a path for the future but connect them with someone who's passed and no matter what that relationship is it still proves that there's love there yeah because love never dies death does not that's the one thing that defies death is love Mm. and um so that's that's one of the best things i can ever do is to bring that person back to life even for a few minutes we're um i spent the summer in august i went down uh to be with a friend whose husband passed very quickly Mm. and um There were definitely times when we felt him around, Mm -hmm. and she obviously really felt him, but there were just so many signs and signals, and um, he passed very quickly. I really enjoyed all of my interactions with him, and I got to see their relationship develop. But I just felt like it was such an interesting experience. It was very meaningful. She was obviously in the stages of very deep grief. And um, she had had a couple of readings, some of which were helpful, some of which were not helpful Mm -hmm. at all. I helped her pack up her house to move back to Australia. And um, I don't know, it was just a... It was, like, really important to do, mm-hmm. but it was also, like, really – I felt like a midwife for grief, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Huge job. Wonderful job, though. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like that. And I, I try to tell – because a lot of people say to me, oh, I want to be a medium. And I'm like, absolutely. I think there's enough to go around. I just feel like everybody – if you want to do this work, it's it's beautiful work. But as I always say to people, just realize that um, not everybody passed in a way that was um, – you know, peaceful. So you have all different kinds of ways people have passed yeah. in life. Um, and people are still in some grief. So you have to be really sensitive to that. Because, um, you know, sometimes you'll see someone someone's just been gone for, you know, six months, and they're still grieving them. And you want to be yeah. very sensitive to that, because you'll have someone start crying in front of you, and you have to be ready for that. Um, it's tough work, but it's I think it's the best work I can do. Um, so 
Yeah, but not not everybody. As I say, not everybody dies pretty, and I hate to say it that way, but it's it's true. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you think that that affects who they are in the spirit world when they die suddenly, or they die n- not pretty, or what, what? Like, you know, how do you, how do you want to describe that? Yeah, I think it's um, people who pass suddenly from accidents, from overdoses, from that kind of thing. I th- when I usually talk to them, their suicide is another one too. People uh, that are on the spirit world, they're really still trying to figure it all out because. You know, it's a shock. They didn't realize they passed. There was so many things unfinished. Um, and so I think they have a lot to say, whereas if you have someone that you got to spend time with, and they still have a lot to say, but it's just a different type of experience. Um, you know, and people want to know why. And I, I totally understand that. You know, why did you leave us in such a way? Yeah. Um, and I get that. It's it's heart-wrenching sometimes to see the relationships. Um, you know, and we, sometimes we don't have a chance to say goodbye, but with a medium, you have a chance to hear you know, some yeah. get some closure. It doesn't heal the loss necessarily. Yeah. It, I can't. It, that'll never happen. But I think it does give some some more information to kind of process them not being here. Mm-hmm. It's important. Now, do you have specific people that you rely on that are your guides, or do is does different people come through all the time for you? No, I have specific guides that I work with. I'm a big fan of Archangel Michael. He helps me with a lot of things. Um, I think my own personal ancestors help me find people and find, you know, the the words for people too. So I think we have, I, I personally, I think have a lot of people over there. I think we all do, but um, definitely my ancestors, definitely uh, Archangel Michael, um, few gods and goddesses over there that I'm connected to. So I listen, I always say to them, just whoever wants to come through and help me, I'll tell mm-hmm. if you are, if you are willing to come through to me, I am absolutely willing to hear what mm-hmm. you have to say. So I, I feel blessed in that I have on my Facebook, I, 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 uh, I'm just trying to make the spirits proud, and that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And the physical thing is a is a real thing. Like the room here is cold, but when she was with us, mm-hmm. it got colder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah. that was a that's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 it was funny because you know you would think that someone might have a reaction and be like, oh, I'm creeped out by it. Mm-hmm. I was not at all. Like I just felt very curious. Yeah. Like it didn't feel scary or sad or creepy or it was more of like a noticing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I they're they're subtle. I don't think they come well. I shouldn't say that because now a spirit will probably knock me over. But um, a lot of them are subtle. Their energy just shifts in the room. It gets colder. It gets hotter. Yep. It, it's it's they try not to blow us away, which is yep. which is good, <laughs> which is very good. Yeah. And most of the time people are open and receptive. I understand when sometimes people aren't if they had a bad experience with someone who passed away and then this person's trying to come through to apologize and they don't want to hear that. I absolutely honor that. Um, But that's when it gets a little um, sticky because I get that. If someone's sitting in front of me and saying, I absolutely don't want to talk to that person. Yeah. I have to honor the the human sitting in front of me. That's important. Doesn't always happen. uh, Rarely, but it does pop up. Do you have a preference when you see clients that you do it in person or over the phone? I don't really have a preference. I love to see people. I just I enjoy it and having that one on one interaction. But I have clients all over the world. So sometimes it's not possible. And we um, Skype and FaceTime and WhatsApp Mm -hmm. and all the technological stuff we can do now. It's great because we can connect. Um, You know, today I read a woman in the Cayman Islands and then right after a woman came to my office. So it was great, Mm -hmm. you know. So how can people find you if they're interested in connecting with you? So my website is um, spiritualitygirl.com. You can also email me at mary at spiritualitygirl.com. I'm on Facebook as Mary Dalba. So people can reach me whatever way is comfortable for them. 
cool. Yeah. I really appreciate, I think that um, one of the things that was so nice about you coming today was obviously sharing your gift and talking about things, but you're also, you are very grounded to me. Oh, thank you. And so being around your energy is like very peaceful and calm and relaxing and um for someone who is sensitive to that Mm. that was a nice thing and that doesn't mean that I've that I've had previous guests who haven't had that or that but I just I notice it so I I don't know if that's something that's just specific to you or that you sort of prepare yourself when you're when you're coming to do something like that I just want people to feel comfortable and to and if you're comfortable then you're open and so that's yeah. sort of my goal is to have people feel comfortable when they're sitting with me because, you know, you could be nervous and um, or worried or whatever. And I just want those feelings to go away. Right. And I also love the way that you articulated things around both the reading, but also the sort of like your viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And um, so I appreciate you sharing that and sharing your experience and sharing your gift with us today. And do you have anything you'd like to say just in, in wrapping up? I, I just want to say, I you know, I appreciate everybody listening. If you've made it through the end of us and, and with us, that's wonderful. Um, thank you so much. And, you know, just know that your spirits and uh, are around you and love you. Yeah, it's beautiful. This was High Felicia Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Felicia Ryan, and my guest today was Mary Dalba. <laughs> and um, keep listening. Thank you.